On today's episode, we are going to take a look at Tesla and we're going to do a full stock analysis. So this episode is going to be broken down into the following. First, we're going to start off by trying to understand the products that Tesla has, where it's made and the technology behind it. After that, we want to take a look at their revenue breakdown. So once we understand the products that they have, we need to understand where that money is coming from. Next, we want to take a look at their most recent earnings to see how things are progressing for Tesla in the short term of things. But as long term investors, one should also be trying to focus in the bigger picture of things. How have things been improving throughout the years? So we're also going to take a look at past financial values, how the company has been improving. Like always, if you are new to my channel, if you're a long term investor, if you'd like to learn about growth stocks, make sure to hit that subscribe button. To all my returning viewers, thank you so much for the support. It truly means a lot. Like always, if you guys ever want to get in contact with me, you can find me on the YouTube comments, on Twitter, on my Discord channel, on Twitch, or at josenaharo.com. But remember, all the information that I provide here is free, and all of this is my opinions. I am by no means a professional, so make sure to talk to a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Now that that's out the way, let's get started. Alright, so Tesla right now is sitting at $380 and is down about 10% for the day. After hours is down another 2%. So it's been a crazy, it's been a crazy 24 hours for Tesla. Yesterday was down after battery, after battery day. Before battery day even started, it was down as well. And today it had another red day. Today it definitely had to do with that outage that Tesla saw earlier this morning. And a lot of investors and people online are speculating that behind that outage, there was some form of hacking on their system. At the moment, Tesla has not confirmed that. Uh, So obviously, I do believe if something like that is confirmed, it would push the stock price lower. So right now, it's just... I feel like investors are, are, are people are just hyping this in the negative way, very similar how people were hyping battery day in a positive term. So just how I mentioned that hype in yesterday's episode. And if you guys did not see yesterday's episode, make sure to check that out as well. How that hype kind of creates some crazy price movement and volatility in either direction. It can work both in the up way and in the down way. But remember, this is more of a long-term investor a video so we're not really too gonna focus too much in this short-term price movement and also let me know in the comments right now are you here for the first time in this channel or are you coming here from the last um, episode about tesla that i did yesterday all right so first let's try to understand tesla's products where they're made and the technology behind it so first tesla's product and services are pretty much broken down into two segments the first is going to be the automotive segment and the second is going to be the energy generation and storage the first product they have here is the model 3 which is their low cost product and it's pretty much the entry into tesla then they also have the model y which is pretty much their their low cost entry into the seven into the compact suv type vehicle this one began production in January of 2020 and for both the Model 3 and Model Y they are expecting to continue to ramp up with the different factories that they have. Then they have the Model S and the Model Y. These are the pre- the premium versions of the Model 3 and the Model Y. The Model S and the Model IX feature the highest performance characteristics and the longest ranges that they offer in the sedan and the SUV. 
They also have future products coming in. They have the Cybertruck, for example. They have the Tesla Semi. They have the Tesla Roadster. And then they just recently released the um, the most recent battery. They showed in the Tesla Plaid Plaid, um, which is the super souped up version of the Model S. All right, so now let's take a look at their energy generation and storage. So here they have two type of products. They have the energy storage products, which would be like their power packs. And then they also have solar energy offerings. And the major components within here are just solar panels for residential and commercial uses. Besides those products, they also have, in, for example, in the automotive sections, they have like the direct sales, and this is both for used, new and used vehicles. They also have public charging. For example, they do collect revenue from some of their charging ports. The supercharger network is either free under certain sales program or also can be done if they are not under that sales program. They require some form of competitive fee that they charge. They also do the selling of their energy generation and storage system which would be their mega packs and their solar solar roost types outside of the sales they also do service and warranty um, products so within their automotive they have some form of services where they provide if something gets broken within the car they also have some form of warranty and extended services plans for those vehicles within the energy storage they have similar concepts right they have um, some form of, of repair system and they have some form of warranty system with them next they also do the financial services so both for the automotive and for the and for the energy segments they have form of finances and leasing options like loans um, loan options leasing options and they also have insurance for their items if someone wants to purchase them and again the same thing can be can be found in their energy segments for the solar roofs or for their power wall packs all right, so now that we understand their products and the type of services they provide, let's try to understand where they build these products. So they have multiple factories right now that are running, and they also have many factories that are going to be upcoming within the uh, within in the next years. One of the new ones that they mentioned was in Texas. Uh, I forget what part. It's near the. It's near that famous. What's that freaking city in Texas? Austin. It's near Austin, um, and that's where they're putting one another another factory. But right now, they have uh, they have a few facilities in California within the Bay Area. Here, they manufacture their vehicles. They also manufacture certain parts that are critical to their intellectual property and quality standards. So we can see, even though they do have a lot of a lot of different plants, and some of the plants we're going to see are like in China. I know they have one in Germany, I believe. Um, the most the the ones that have to deal the part of, of the plant that deals with their intellectual properties and everything and and all the important data is dealt in this California here in the United States, and it's pretty much in that Fremont factory. They also have a gigafactory in Nevada and pretty much in Nevada, this is pretty much to integrate and create battery materials, sales, modules and battery packs um, all created in one location. The use of these products are, are manufactured for the Model 3, for the Model Y and other energy storages. 
They have a Gigafactory in New York. The one in New York is pretty much just used for the production of their solar roofs and other solar products. Then they have the Gigafactory in Shanghai. This was created in, I think it finished production around December 2019 when they commenced production for the Model 3. I know right now they're gonna start using it for uh, manufacturing of the Model Y as well. Oh, sorry, and it's not, um, they don't currently have a plant in Berlin. They have, in, in Germany, they right now have selected a site near Berlin, Germany to build the factory for the European market, which we refer to as Gigafactory Berlin. And like I mentioned, the other facility that they just announced is the one on Texas, which will be next to Austin. I wonder if they're going to call it Gigafactory Austin, even though it might not be exactly in Austin. All right, so now that we took a look at the products, where they're made, we have to understand a little bit more of the products and what kind of moat we can say do they have compared to other vehicles right um the first thing right because we just talked about vehicles but what makes tesla vehicles much better in, in the sense of things compared to other vehicles and the first thing and again here we got this information from their most recent earnings and a lot of this information like i said you can find on their investors relations so here their core technology for their vehicles are the autopilot and full self-driving car and i do believe this is Tesla is so far ahead of the game in this that it is going to help Tesla continue to have this overall, this over, and, and let me say this, I am not a bull or bear Tesla. I do not have a position in Tesla right now. And maybe if the price is right, I might consider opening, opening a position. Um, but at the moment, I do not have any shares on Tesla. But I do believe that Tesla has been in this game for a while and because they've been here in the wild, they're gonna have a bit of a of a advantage compared to its competitors. The most important thing I think is the amount of data they collect. Right from all these auto autopilot cars and full self-driving cars that they have on the road right now, they are collecting numerous amount of data from this. And I do believe this data is and this data is needed. Let me explain. This data is needed to continue to enhance that autopilot and to continue to enhance that full self-driving. And since Tesla has had more cars like this in the road collecting data, more data compared to any other any other car company, I want to say that their system is going to be a lot better, especially right now compared to anybody else, because they just have this huge collection of data where no other where no other industry or other manufacturer has the amount of data that Tesla has. Then they do have a vehicle software. Um, they call it the vehicle software. And this is pretty much demonstrating how they can update the Tesla cars pretty much over the air. If, for example, they if consumers want some form of new update and a lot of consumers are requesting it, Tesla can kind of make those updates throughout through a software change. And the third major thing is that battery and powertrain. Right now, one of the biggest reasons a lot of people are, are I want to say, are worried about going to an electrical vehicle is the range that they get from, from those vehicles. And right now, since Tesla has been in this game for a while, they do seem to have better range in some of their products compared to their competitors. For example, the Model S with, with the Long Range Plus, which is a premium sedan, which is way better than the Porsche 4S by almost 100%. And then they talk about some of their premium SUVs, EPA ranges. And here they, they mention, uh, right now, we don't see any true numbers based 
on their economy cars. So I, I wonder if those are, are closer in range. In the energy business right now on battery, they, they did announce a, a revolutionary battery. And I, I don't think many people are talking about that, but I do believe that's going to be a whole game changing for Tesla. Um, and it's pretty much just revolutionary, revolutionizing how a battery is made and the products that go within there. Within the solar industry, the most important thing that they say they have is that they make home retrofit solar even more affordable in the United States while also offering an increased efficiently panel all right so now that we understand what are tesla's products where they're made and what technology behind them is really driving tesla let's try to see that revenue breakdown let's try to understand where that money is coming from so in their most recent earnings which was quarter two of 2020 i believe this was somewhere around june or july when they reported this total revenues for tesla was about six billion dollars out of that six billion dollars about 5.2 comes from automotive revenue and this automotive revenue is broken down into automotive sales and automotive leasing that 5.2 about 4.9 comes from automotive sales about 300 million comes from automotive leasing so we can see the biggest portion of revenue driven for tesla is the sales of their vehicle then they have about three about 400 million dollars comes from energy generations and and storages so not a huge segment a little bit over five percent i want to say and then they have about 500 million dollars which comes from services and others and this is pretty much um like i mentioned you you saw how they do services for cars how they sell some form of licensing uh, of financing loans warranties this is where their services and others come from and that's about 500 million a little less than 10 percent so over over 85 percent of this company's total revenue comes from automotive revenue and most of it comes from automotive sales all right now i want to take a closer look on that automotive revenue because this is something that i feel a lot of bulls and bears fight fight about and it's pretty much about the, this regulatory credits that tesla receives from their products and a lot of people are saying without this product tesla would not be profitable for example in quarter two of 2020 tesla received 428 million dollars of regulatory credits out of and for example in that same quarter the company created a profit of a hundred million dollars so in theory if that regulatory credits did not come in tesla would be unprofitable and the same could be said for the past four quarters that tesla has shown profitability in the year the quarter before that they had about 16 million dollars of profits when they had 354 million dollars of credits and there's one thing i do want to say about this is I, I understand why bears talk about this, but I, on this one, I have to side a bit with the bulls that saying this usually this comes with the technology that Tesla is making. If com- if countries right now are willing to pay Tesla some form of fees for them reducing the overall car emissions and by playing and by working with renewable energy, then why is that something? wrong that's their niche right that's what they're doing so i i I don't understand i can understand why bears fight about this but it comes with what they're doing one thing i do want to take a look at is this automotive gross margins so i want to see what the gross margins for their vehicles would be without these credits and i do believe that is something that is very very important 
So for example, in, in this recent quarter, if we don't add the regulatory, if we add the regulatory credits, it shows that Tesla has gross margins of about 25.4%. And this is something I'm going to side with the bears. Like I mentioned, this is pretty much just to try to talk about all everything I see from Tesla and both the bear side point and the bull side point. Um, so right now, if we take a look at regular numbers, we can see at, at just the numbers how Tesla presents, we can see that gross margins were 25.4% this quarter, 25.5% last quarter, 225 the quarter before that, 228 the quarter before that, and 189 almost a year ago. So if we take a look like this, this trend looks like it's improving over time. And a lot of investors would be say, would say that's a great thing. But a lot of that improvement is coming because of the because of those credits. If those credits did not exist, this gross margins would say another story. For example, if we do not add those gross those credits to the gross margins in this quarter, it would actually be 17.1% compared to 25.4. The year the quarter before that would be 18.6 compared to 25.5, 20.4 compared to 22.5. 20.3 compared to 22.8 and 16.8 compared to 18.9%. So we can see that things aren't really improving if we take uh, in their gross margins if we don't take a, if we remove that rec- regulatory credits. And I do believe when we take a look at gross margins that's something we should definitely look at, but when we're looking at the earnings maybe it's it's okay to keep that regulatory credit. So right here it's just two points, one in the bull side and one in the bear side and something I definitely wanted to mention. Their most recent earnings they did see a decrease in revenues, total revenues were down about 5% compared to the same time last year. And right now, quarter two was due to, was pretty much during COVID-19. So there was a big slowdown in both production and with people purchasing any big, any big purchases um, because they didn't know what was going to happen with their jobs or how things were going to progress. So it is understandable to see a decrease in year to year revenue, um, at, at least to me. Next, I want to take a look at some other. This graph is another one that I feel bulls and bears fight about. For example, this is the global vehicle deliveries in the first half of 2020 compared to the same time last year. Right now, they're saying that Tesla has increased their overall deliveries by over 10%, where every other car industry has declined compared to the same time last year. And again, I think bulls and bears need to understand when to fight. I don't think bulls should be kind of being happy about this, right? Obviously, Tesla is going to be showing uh, um, improvement in delivery they are a new car company they are releasing new products they have they're barely making the production compared to these other car companies so of course you're gonna see a global increase compared to for example toyota the amount of bmw the amount of vehicles they have produced last year so i think a chart like this I personally, if I was a bull, I really wouldn't use this to my advantage because bears can then say, hey, if you're comparing yourself to a car company, then it's okay for us to compare your valuation to another car companies. But then bulls end up saying, well, this is not just a car company. So if it's not just a car company, you can't use certain charts to kind of promote your idea and then dismiss it when it's used as as something against your idea. And that's another one I wanted to talk about. 
All right, so next what I wanna do is take a look at Tesla's future growth, what analysts expect this company to do. So within the next three years, on average, Tesla is expected to grow its revenue 27.3% annually. And that's a lot faster than the overall market. And anything growing over 15%, in my opinion, is considered a super growth stock. So growing 27.3% is something not many companies are able to do. Next, I also want to take a look at who are some of the top shareholders for this company. It is pretty impressive to see that Elon Musk owns about 18.3% of the company. That shows that this guy is still very, very bullish within his company. And obviously, we can tell just by the way he talks about Tesla. He, I'm pretty sure he will continue to hold this amount of, of positions as the years progress. Now, let's take a look at that historical revenue growth. We just saw that in the future, analysts do expect very strong things for Tesla. In 2019, it grew its revenue 14.5% compared to a year ago. In 2018, it grew 82%. In 2017, it grew 67.9%. So we can see this in the past has shown to be definitely a strong grower. In 2019, it was 14.5%. So it was a bit of a letdown. But 14.5% is definitely not low compared to many other companies all right so next let's take a look at this company's margins and they do seem to be improving in 2019 they were losing about 3.5 percent for the year in 2018 they were losing about 4.5 and in 2017 they were losing about negative 16.7 so we can see overall as the years progress they are getting better with their profit margins one thing we are seeing is they are decreasing their gross margins and why do you guys believe their gross margin is decreasing for me the biggest the biggest change here is during this time they started in increasing the amount of low-cost entry-level vehicles and usually low-cost entry-level anything usually comes with lower gross margins and that's what we're seeing here and a lot of people are going to be like hey jose but tesla has been profitable for the past four years yes for the for the past four quarters yes that is true but right now two of those quarters were for 2020 and two of those quarters were for 2019 so for 2019 even though two quarters were profitable they were still negative at the end for the year so here we can take a better look at tesla's profitability in in quarter wise and we can see the past four quarters have been somewhat profitable but even Elon Musk mentioned it that they are not expected to be crazy profitable. They will be within these low ranges for some time. Um, for this quarter was 1.7. The quarter before that was 0.3. The one before that was 1.4. And the quarter before that was 2.3%. So very, very low profit margins. And like I mentioned, Elon mentioned it in Battery Day that profitability is going to come and they do expect to continue to be profitable but that percentage margins won't really see much of an increase next i want to take a look at the balance sheet we saw that tesla is barely making any money right now so if it's barely making any money we have to make sure that they have plenty of cash at hands to be able to survive the long term of things so right now tesla has about in their most recent quarter they have somewhere around 8.6 billion dollars of cash within that 8.6 billion of dollars of cash they have about 10.5 billion dollars of debt and about 3.7 billion of current debt so that's pretty much about 14 billion dollars in debt so a lot of people are going to be like jose so they have a lot more debt than they do have cash 
And yes, that's true. But the difference is that you have to understand when that non-current debt is due. If it's not due many years from now, which is the case with this non-current debt, then it's okay to have that debt, right? Because right now, at least Tesla is a little bit profitable. So they are going to be able to pay down that debt. So they do. it's not the strongest balance sheet I've ever seen. It's not, I wouldn't even consider it super strong, but it's definitely decent at least. It definitely shows that this company will be able to survive the upcoming years, even if it's not profitable. Even though we did see that right now, the company is profitable. Next, what I wanted to take a look was this company's cash flow margins and the two cash flow margins i really care about is operating cash flow margins and this is the cash flow that it gets from its everyday activities and also free cash flow margins and this is operating cash flow margins minus any pretty much long-term investments which is called capex so we can see in the trailing 12 months so this is the the past 12 months of cash flow margins have been improving throughout the quarters and that's definitely a good thing to see within the past three quarters it has maintained somewhere within the 10 percent range and if we take a look at the free cash flow margins within the past four or five quarters it has also been profitable in free cash flow and it's maintaining a range close to 3.8 3.9 or around between four to three percent not that high of margins but at least they have free cash flow positive which is gonna which tells me this company is gonna be able to proceed um proceed its business and its everyday activities with no problem all right so next what i want to take a look at is this company's valuation and and let's take a look at at valuation in two ways first there's the forward pe ratio type matter and then, and then there is the forward price to sales ratio. So we have to understand what stage of a business the company is in right now to really to really choose one of these valuations. For right now, Tesla is seen to be a huge growth company growing a lot faster than the market, a lot faster than the industry. So with that, you seem you tend to see very high forward PE ratios. We can see in December 2020, this company has a forward PE ratio of of 204 but then by the next year it drops down to 120 so that's almost a hundred uh, a 50 percent decrease in forward pe ratio so that to me tells me that this is still a very very early growth company so looking at the forward pe ratio is not the best way to look at it then if we take a look at the second valuation uh, this one makes a bit more sense and that's the forward price to sales ratio but unfortunately, there's not many companies like Tesla where one can really compare what a true forward price to sales ratio or what a, a decent forward price to sales ratio should look like. Right now, the only thing we're seeing is that by December 2021, the forward price to sales ratio for Tesla is expected to be somewhere around 8.3. So the best thing that we can actually end up doing is taking a look at the historical price to sales ratio for Tesla. The only thing about doing something like this is obviously Tesla is not the same company. It was not the same company back then as it is now. Probably right now, it has a lot more going on for its future that deems it to have a higher forward price to sales ratio. But that's something you as an investor have to decide on your own. So for example, Tesla right now ending the stock price at 280 at 380 has a price to sales ratio of 14.7. 
um, this price to sales ratio is a lot higher compared to any other time in the past five years within the past five years the price to sales ratio tends to actually be below five it did go up to some something around 10 in in 2015 and i'm pretty sure that's when the vehicles really started to come out for tesla so do you to me based on these on this chart alone it tells me that the price to sales ratio is a lot a lot higher than on average so something like this can really cause huge volatility for the market so obviously i i feel like anything below five would be a great buy and and that's just my opinion but for us to ever see that i don't know if it's something we would be able to see anytime soon so again this is something as an investor one should try to understand like why is it worth so much more compared to just a few quarters ago right just a quarter ago it was at almost 3.69 3.69 price to sales ratio and in just a matter of t- of two quarters it dr- it increased to 14.07 so valuation has increased by what is that by over four times in a matter of six months does that make sense to people and, and let me know does that make sense to you and why do you think that valuation in that valuation expansion makes sense so that's pretty much it for this episode i hope you guys enjoy it like always make sure to subscribe make sure to hit the thumbs up and if you guys make sure to check out my previous episode on tesla where i did talk about battery day so take care guys have a good night and see you next time